Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The postgame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. What a game on the Labor Day Sunday here from Regina. Not the result we wanted, but what a contest. Saskatchewan 32, Winnipeg 30, the final score. The Bombers' two-game Labor Day win streak is done. A lot of Bomber fans here near where the Bombers come out getting high fives and thanking the Bombers for their work in this one. But ultimately, they come up short, 32-30, the final. We'll talk to the head coach. We'll talk to the quarterback, Zach Kolaros, and uh, the stars of the game as well. But for now, we'll do the final numbers. Brought to you by JML Renovations. They don't just build a garage. They build your garage. Visit jmlrenovations.com. Zach Kolaros, 13 of 26, 280 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception in this one. In a real, it was a real rough performance. Saskatchewan didn't allow him much. It was erratic. It was inconsistent, right? He, uh, he either scored on quick strikes, was not really able to put together a methodical drive the entire game. Yeah, I mean, the one three-play drive that went super long for their first touchdown. The touchdown in overtime was one play, bam, here's Kenny Lawler. Yeah, what, I mean, Brady Oliveira, 17 for 88 and two touchdowns, so he finishes just shy of 100 yards. But he was eight yards a carry at halftime and then there wasn't much left for the run game and the pass game couldn't overcome that yeah it's just it, it's super confusing game in terms of the way uh the play calls came down uh what jumped off the page obviously were the uh, the the very poor play of the special teams in terms of of kick cover and returns absolutely got if there was a, a disparity in any of the three phases in this game where it was night and day advantage to Saskatchewan, definitely was the special teams play by the Riders. In the end, that was a massive deal. And then I, I'd say the, the ability of the Riders to get pressure with a four-man rush and a blitz, yep. where for some reason the Blue Bombers, they never got torched. I don't remember being overly aggressive in this game by bringing pressure, and yet in overtime, they absolutely backed off. It was a four-man rush every single snap in overtime, and uh, when you got a rookie quarterback back there making his third start in, in, in overtime in a pressure-packed moment, and you give him time to see down the field, it doesn't make any sense to me. They started off not bringing pressure in toward, this is just working from memory now, third quarter and early fourth quarter, there was more of, here's seven, guess which seven are coming, but you're right, in overtime, it felt like a real sharp turn in overtime, and whether that was intended to mess with Dolagala, he was twice as good as I thought he would be. He had some real ones that he sailed to the moon. He tried to drop it in a bucket, and it would have missed the ocean, but Dolagala... That drive in overtime, that was a real drive. That was a real performance from Jake Dolagala. He did it against BC last week, and he's now done it against the two best teams in the West. That's Honestly, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, but he did it in a clean pocket as well, right? Agreed. So for, for me, it was uh, 
That's what it came down to, really. Okay, sounds good. Dominance in the line of scrimmage from Saskatchewan, offensively and defensively. All right, uh, let's go down to the locker room. Uh, is this Coach Mike O'Shea? It is. Uh, Coach, thanks for your thanks for your time. What's your uh, overall feeling on this performance? Well, they played better than us. You know, it comes down to you lose a two-point game, our start, especially the first five and a half minutes of the first quarter, but the first quarter in general, you know, we just didn't make uh, the plays we need to make, and they did. Um, and then you go in at half, we're still only down six. We come back, we got the lead, we just couldn't protect it, um, keep the momentum going. But, uh, hey, full credit to them. They, they played they played a good game, and uh, it'll be fun to get them again in six, uh, six days. Well, how were they able to hold down your passing offense, do you believe? Yeah, I think that's more of a post-film assessment. I mean, they, they made some... They made some plays on the ball. It looked like a couple times, you know, they had two guys over top of our intended receiver, right? So where the ball was going. So they made some plays. You guys didn't have a lot of success getting uh, pressure with the four-man rush in this game. What were your thoughts about not blitzing at all in overtime defensively? Yeah, make them earn it, you know. Um, we, we, we sent it just before overtime, and they end up springing a guy uh, free. You know, I think we tipped the ball. But there was a guy that was running down the pipe, right? So he missed it. Are you concerned about their, their coverage and, and the return game on, on special teams right now? Everything being what it is in this game, it seemed like the biggest advantage Saskatchewan had in this game was their starting field position and their coverage yeah, on special teams. Yeah, obviously we'll have to clean that up. I mean, we're not. no one's happy with the ball going out past the 40. You know, we're, we're kicking it a fair distance, um, and we're, we're down there, and we're just getting run by a little bit. But, you know, the 40 is, yeah, that wouldn't be happy. But 55 is tough, too. But, you know, listen, it, they're all football plays, right? So, yeah, I could say I'm not happy about that. But there's going to be a lot of plays we see on film in all three phases that we're going to want to have back. Yeah. Uh, uh, coach, was the smoke any factor in this game? Did it affect no. the players, the coaches I, at all? I don't think so. Not the coaches, but we're not breathing heavy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it was it was severe during the day, but it seemed... The forecast was it for lighting up. It, it didn't play any impact in the game, you I, feel? I don't think so, no. Very good. And then if I could just ask you, you choose to go second in overtime. What do you like about going second in overtime? Well, you know exactly. Uh, you get an extra down. You know, if you if you go first and you're stopped on second down, you're going to kick the field goal, right? When you go second, you always have the option to have an extra down. Yeah. All yeah. right. Coach, thank you for your time. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea, joining us in the post-game show. Uh, like going second in overtime, nobody likes the result. Riders winning it 32-30, to 30, but, man, the, the Bombers, they got the touchdown they needed in overtime and just one play. Man, one play almost cost the Riders the game and ultimately one play from Jackson Ford uh, get, kills the Bombers' two-point convert. And uh, that was ultimately the difference to keeping them from a second overtime. Brady Oliveira, 17 carries for 88 yards and two touchdowns as we return to the numbers. Nick Dembski, 5 for 118. Uh, Dalton Schoen, 3 for 68. Lawler had only two catches, but the one touchdown in overtime, incredibly important. And Drew Wolitarski, one catch. But, man, when he busted in for that touchdown, that was... That was the one that got the Bombers off the schneid, and that felt in the moment like uh, just another huge Drew Wolitarski play. This is just such a, it's a, such a hard game to, uh, to deal with as a player. So many opportunities, such a seesaw battle. You know, the excitement of that strike to Kenny Lawler in, in overtime on the first play, 
it's just to lose this way is uh that's got to be really really difficult for the players right Kay. now it's uh it, it's incredibly uh inflating uh let's go back down to the locker room uh quarterback zach kalaris or Adam yeah, Zach's here. Zach, Zach, appreciate you giving us some time in the post game. Thank you for that. Yep. What well, uh, your impression of this game, if you would please? Wasn't good enough. In, in what facet? All of them, especially offensively. What What made it that way? Do you believe? Uh, lack of execution. Uh, just yeah. Well, I don't even know. It was very bad in the first half. Uh, no consistency. Just not good. Do you, you feel like you guys stayed with the run enough in the second half? You guys had uh, some real success. In fact, largely the most of your success in the first half of this game was pounding the football. Do you feel like you went away from that prematurely in the second half when you really could have used some more ground? I, I, don't, know. I, don't, I don't know how many uh, rushes we ended up with. I'd imagine around 25, but I don't know. Yeah, Brady finished 7 for, uh, for 88. Uh, what made Saskatchewan's defense so strong in this game? Well, were they strong and what made them that way? Uh, they're a good defense, good front four. Uh, they played, you know, with a lot of depth, stare at the quarterback in zone, and uh, we didn't execute enough plays. I got to stay on the field, and it starts with me. Can't turn the football over, put us in a bad position to start the game. It's uh, not good enough. I have to ask you, is that one of the most blatant uh, violations of, of football being headbutted? Nothing in this league surprised me, Doug. That, that's one of the worst things, worst displays of football I've ever seen from a defensive player five I've, seconds I mean, I've after seen it all the play. It, it happens all the time. It, it, the fact that he wasn't ejected—if he's playing in the Banjo Bowl—I mean, that's. Would it surprise you if he was? Uh, it would. I, I mean, I wouldn't for me because it was just so. Go just watch the tape every week. It was. That was one of the worst football players I've ever seen out yeah, there. This and, is the uh, CFL. Yeah. 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 That was brutal, man. Yeah. I just want to let you know that. Thanks. Uh, is that you were surprised it wasn't called initially? Then yes. Uh, I mean, no. I mean, honestly, nothing surprises me. Honestly, nothing. <clears throat> well, how did we get to this point? Do you think it's you, been this way since I've been in the league at least? I don't know before. About probably a lot of good quarterbacks that aren't in the league anymore probably used to be playing. It's there's just no place for that. Uh, what's it's one thing if you've got the football and, and you're getting sacked and it's inadvertent, but for the ball to be long gone and for a defensive player to come over and just flex on you and that's just it was a one of the worst uh displays of not only sportsmanship but in terms of like the helmet to helmet contact this in 2023 and him staying in the game i i'm just well, I'm when blown they, away they, by that. there's no punishment it'll probably be a hundred dollar fine that'll be appealed by the pa so and i'm going to infer from that you you think that needs to change or needed to change a long time ago you tell me and yeah it's unacceptable yep that was, that was one of the worst plays. It won't plays change, but yeah, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> uh, did Did Robertson say anything in that moment? I have no idea. They were, I mean, they were out there like they won the Super Bowl, so I really don't know. <clears throat> well, it, it almost cost uh, the game. Um, overtime, Kenny Lawler, uh, your play to Kenny Lawler. What, whatever you could tell us about that, if you would, please. Uh, cover two shell. Um, just Kenny's, Kenny's the best receiver in the league, so. And he made the catch, and, and then uh, uh, the play, the two-point convert. Uh, just a fr guy free off the edge just got a piece of it not yeah uh, it, it probably was cover zero um, yeah not not good enough execution um, really tough to hear buck in that moment I, I think I called the right play but uh, yeah we'll, we'll see after yeah how big a deal was the noise in this game uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a great atmosphere here yeah and and just one final one Zach was the smoke that was hanging on the city was that any any impact you believe in this game 
Uh, if there was any impact, it was for both teams. Yeah, but you feel you feel healthy coming out of this game from from the smoke that was hanging in the air. I mean, I, I, I'm you, not going to do a physical, so I don't know. <laughs> no. All right, all right, Zach. Thanks for your time. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. He is the quarterback, Zach Kalaris. Nice enough to join us in the post game show. And Zach has said several times on several plays that oh, have affected he's several pissed. quarterbacks. He is pissed. Because, and I wanted to wait till Zach was on to, to start addressing it. That was not initially flagged. That flag had to come later. That play was going to stand, Doug Brown. Pete Robertson, for uh, folks who weren't with us, Pete Robertson, I, I forget what happened in the play, but it was incomplete, and the Bombers were going to have to kick the field goal to tie yeah, it. Yeah. Robertson then headbutted Kolaris in the face mask. Not and Drops that, him. Not mis and like there's no mistaking that for anything else, right? It was a blatant attempt to injure. This is a guy that's had a history of head injuries, and you go and headbutt him after the whistle, seconds after the whistle, and there's no flag, and it has to be reviewed by the command center. A flag is thrown, and the player gets to stay in the game. This yeah. is uh, if the bombers aren't burning up the phone lines right now to Ambrosi and the uh, officiating crew as to why this guy was allowed to remain in the game. There's no more objectionable conduct than targeting a guy outside of the whistles. One of the worst things I've seen. You're not exaggerating. It's so cheap. At all. It's, it's undisciplined. Just terrible. A terrible play and a terrible look on the CFL. Do you have any confidence that Robertson will be suspended for next week's game? I'm not sure on the rules anymore in terms of the the player getting the opportunity to appeal something and whether, you know, if a suspension, whether it has to happen immediately or, or would happen down the road. I think it's pretty cut and dry what happened. Um, for him to a, a, appeal anything like that would be would be as dumb as the play in itself because there's no there's no excusing it right there's no how are you going to rationalize that i got overexcited and just decided to hit the mvp of the league with a headbutt can you imagine you do that to aaron Rodgers or patrick mahomes in the nfl <laughs> after the whistle yeah as, yeah. I, as I understand it, pretend discipline does come down and Pete Robertson was to be suspended, he would have the chance to appeal it and could play pending the appeal because for the, a number of weeks, the CFL can't get arbitrators immediately. Uh, like the NFL can pay that kind of money, but the CFL, it takes a little while, right? Other suspensions have been delayed a, a little bit. It's how it was not penalized. I, you could absolutely eject the guy. How do you convince fans that you're taking head injuries seriously? That's always my question, and I feel like that needs to drive penalty calls and, and things like this. We need people to know we're taking this seriously. Okay, the first game last year against Ottawa, we're going to pull Zach Kolaris out because he might have sustained a head injury. We're going to pull him out on the game-winning drive. They did the same to Trevor Harris in a Montreal game on the game-winning drive. Uh, whoever came in, Dom Davis came in, threw a ball to the moon and Montreal lost the game. That to me said the league is serious about head injuries. This one, a guy freely headbutts the opposing quarterback well after the play and there's no way you could mistake that for anything else. 
And the penalty is two. Well, the penalty is two yards in the first down. It's not even a 15-yard penalty, really. It's two yards the first down, and you know, and I mean, Zach was Zach is is way more, speaks way more than that. He he sounded my interpretation like he is angry. Oh yeah, because he 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 gives us way more than that in in a regular post game interview, and I don't I don't blame him a bit for being angry. But when Jeremiah Masoli got taken out by uh, Goonie McGee here, I can't remember his, his Garrett, name. Garrett Marino, Marino, thank you. Zach went off. Like, I can't believe this league does this to quarterbacks. They don't protect quarterbacks. When he got hit by Coney Ely in the head, no penalty. On the interception return for a touchdown against Edmonton, no penalty. The first time we got to talk to him, he said, Nothing's, no surprise, it's the CFL. I'm paraphrasing in there. You know, I, I, I kind of want Pete Robertson to play next week in Winnipeg because I, I really don't think uh, uh, the offense, the offensive line will, will tolerate. Once they see on film what went down, I, I, don't think, I don't think Pete Robertson makes it through that game once they get a look at uh, exactly what happened to their MVP quarterback. Well, if I'm not mistaken, like a scrum ensued after that and we couldn't, we're like, why isn't there a penalty? And to the Bombers' credit, like they're not—they're not the team that's going to throw punches or swing or whatever. They're disciplined enough to wait for another time. This is crossing the line, though. That is, oh, that is—I'm not entirely sure where the line is in 2023, 20, 1973. Cool story. 2023, with what we know about head injuries and brain injuries and contact to the head—that's—that's that's an inexcusable miss by the officials on the field. Somebody is always watching the quarterback. Two seconds after the play. And Kolaris isn't, isn't an Italian national football player. Yeah, the, the command center picks it up. Well, why wasn't he ejected then? They, they obviously saw what happened, right? So an intent to injure, why are you not ejected from the football game? They, they would have. After. Not, not happening during the play. So they would have ruled it wasn't bad enough to uh, require a 25-yard penalty and an ejection because they had that option. Yeah, I think they really missed the boat on that. That's very disappointing. I agree with you 100%. 204-780-6868 for your text. Uh, are we off the mark on this? What did, what did you think? What did it sound like to you? What did it look like to you? Tell us your thoughts uh, because, frankly, neither of us can kind of believe what happened on that one. Uh, the Bombers, 7 of 17 on second down conversions. They end up with 372 yards of offense. But I want to hit the returns, Doug, that you mentioned. Jamal Parker slotted in for punt returns in this game. 7 for 57, 8 yards per return. Janarian Grant was back at practice this week. He doesn't look like he is that close to go, but he was back working out, running on the sidelines. So he's closer. He's as close as he's been, but... I would honestly, I'd be surprised just based on what I saw. If he's back on Saturday for the big game, the Banjo Bowl, they need him back at a hundred percent. He's like an MVP to this game. Like it, it was their shortcomings on special teams were magnified in this game. That was the biggest disparity. Was Saskatchewan superiority on their return game and their cover game? Right, their starting field position offensively. It was leaps and bounds ahead of where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were. And, uh, you know, not only did the cover team allow these massive returns, but 
there was nothing there. A, we don't have the returners that, that are dynamic or explosive enough, and B, there's no blocking either uh, as well. So uh, it was a massive failure. Uh, I haven't seen an O'Shea-led team that has been this bad on special teams. And uh, it's been that way for They've always been able to gloss over it because of their dominance offensively and defensively. It never really became a glaring weakness but in games like this that are that are tightly fought and back and forth you saw how much of a disadvantage the bombers have on special teams going into last week's game and i don't have the the up-to-date numbers in hand they were eighth in opponent punt returns, so they were second worst in the league in, in punt coverage and they were uh, sixth in opponent starting position after kickoff so fourth worst they're going to slide down in that kickoffs thing between last game and this game. And just as we go, like, what's what's the solution? Like, Mike Miller is on his way back from the sixth game. Does does one Mike Miller do it? Is Mike Miller plus Janarian Grant do it? O'Shea talked about we've, we're switching a system we've run for multiple years. And it's and it, to, I'll paraphrase, it's not quite there yet. What's... Do they, do they have enough to fix it? Well, and just just fill some time while I do some math on the field position thing, if you would. Well, it's uh, I mean, uh, you almost think a statement needs to be made on on special teams in terms of movement on the roster, in terms of those players. Now, obviously, this this football team, uh, what's their record now? They're the ten bo- and three. The Bombers are now nine and three. Sorry, nine and three on the season, and uh, it's not often a nine and three football team needs to shuffle spots on their roster but due to the ineffectiveness i feel of of the coverage and the return team and and game something needs to happen if janarian grant come can't come back and if miller i mean can one player change your 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 blocking and your coverage I i don't think so and uh you know traditionally it's the depth players that play on the special teams that are responsible for these roles but I, I kind of feel like a statement needs to be made, and I, I feel like it, you know, there needs to be something to shake up that unit and and address the shortcomings because they're starting to cost this football team uh, the opportunity to win games. All right, uh, we will take a break. I'm, I'm going to crunch these numbers, and that answer was absolutely not correct. Final numbers are brought to you by JML Renovations. They don't just build a garage; they build your garage. Visit JML Renovations. Dot C-A. We'll take a break. We'll talk to uh, some of the stars of the game when we return to Mosaic Stadium in Regina. Bombers falling 32-30 in the Labor Day game. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The highest standards of broadcasting. It's what we strive for every minute of the day. Living up to your expectations is our goal, our obligation. And as members of the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, our promise is to be accountable. Have a comment to make about our programming? Visit cbsc.ca to find information on the council and its codes. A message from the Canadian Association of Broadcasters and 680 CJOB. Life thrives at The Leaf this summer. Outside, explore nearly 30 acres of gardens and green spaces in six distinct areas. Inside, immerse yourself in a lush plant paradise as you journey through four stunning biomes. Celebrate summer at Thrive, the seasonal show on now in the Babs Asper Displayhouse, featuring beautiful plant mosaics and sculpted topiaries. The biomes at The Leaf are open daily from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Reserve your biome tickets in advance at assiniboinepark.ca. 
Hey, you found the missing part. Yes, ma'am. Where was it? At Princess Auto in the trailer aisle, between the hubs and axles. Glad you finally found it. Yeah, should have gone there first. So, now you can make it work? Yeah, gonna put it together now, so we can go in about an hour. For the tools, equipment, and the know-how you need to make it work, Princess Auto is here for you. Princess Auto. Blue Bomber Football. Ideas. Tools. Hi, it's George Andrews from G.J. Andrews. Sometimes we have a hard time thinking of what to do to express ourselves. How do you say, thanks for your business, I'm sorry, deepest sympathies, happy birthday, welcome to your new home, happy Mother's Day, Father's Day, or just thinking about you? With a gift basket or gift bag from G.J. Andrews Food and Wine Shop. Not only is our selection endless, it's delicious and won't be forgotten for a long time to come. G.J. Andrews Food and Wine Shop, 384 Academy Road. We know good food and wine. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The postgame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. We continue from Mosaic Stadium in Regina. Bombers falling 32-30 and falling to 9-3 on the season. Uh, I was just calculating this. Uh, drive starts. Saskatchewan's average drive start was its 38-yard line. Uh, Winnipeg's was, in fact, its 34-yard line. However, if you uh, remove the ones where they just took the ball at the 40, Saskatchewan had an eight-yard advantage per drive, which it feels like it was way more than that. It felt like it was 18 or 28. There was a, there was a string where Saskatchewan started drives at its 16, 14, and 8-yard line, right? But other than that, a lot of 40s and 50s and 40-pluses. And, yeah, that was... In the moment, I, I was thinking this is going to be tough to overcome this much field position, and ultimately the Bombers could not overcome it. Has anybody talked about the fourth quarter decision to decline the no-yard penalty in the end zone for 10 more yards? Field goal would have won it at that point instead of keeping it a three-point game, not two. A lot of decisions going into this, and there are a lot of... Uh, a lot of questions after this one. Mike and Braun on the text line. Why wasn't the rider player thrown out for headbutting Zach? It's a great question. That is a terrific, terrific question. Brian, so much for the third string quarterback from Saskatchewan. Tom, why didn't the two point conversion that Saskatchewan got get reviewed? The ball hit the ground. Why didn't it get reviewed? I'm confused by this. Then it says, Mom is going to rob. So I'm hoping that's a typo at the end there. Mom is going to rob. Or your mom is super angry about it. Um,. We wanted to be reviewed. That looked like a catch when we saw it on review, but there are five or six plays that stick out. Um, all scoring plays are reviewed, so I guess they think it was just fine. <laughs> just leaving the Labor Day the Labor Day game. Ask Coach if he's going to practice his two-point conversions now. Coach O'Shea doesn't like going for two-point converts unless... I wanted him to run the ball there. I don't know. That was me. Why so? Because Brady, did he have a, any of his carries go for less than three yards? Oh, you're going to make me. I like this. You know, you're asking I, I don't me questions I can search up the answer to. I like I mean, this. His average was way over it. He'd been pounding the ball. Uh, you know, he was fresh on that drive. Double tight. Nullify any any blitz off the edge. And three yards. I don't know. The way he was playing in this game, you give him an opportunity to uh, to continue the overtime or win it. I'm just uh, 
I don't know. You, you could just see them dial it up. You knew what was going to happen. Pressure off the edge. Right in his face. Ball gets tipped. Just disappointing way to lose a game. He had seven of his carries went for two or one yard. Seven so, out of how many? 25? Out of 18. Out of 18 carries? Yeah. Okay. So there were, there were a bunch. That said, uh, to your point, like if they're going in that exact situation, Oliveira would have walked into the end zone. If that's a run play, yeah, because two free rushers were coming off the edge into Kolaris' face the way he was throwing, Oliveira probably goes out the backside and into the end zone, and he was—he is so good. Like Oliveira, it He's was really elevated his play. It was—it yeah. was a struggle for him the first seven games last year, and we've talked about this a ton. But you—you you just see the craft he's developing, right? Oh, I'm going to shuffle back here. I'm going to move back there. I'm going to spin off this. I'm going to slide for two more yards. Andrew Harris was the was the maybe the best I've ever seen at yards after contact. And just here's two more. Here's one more. Here's four more. Right, Brady Oliveira was uh, was tremendous in spots, and ultimately the Bombers unable to come away with the victory. Let's go back down to the locker room. Adam, is Adam Big Hill with us? I'm here. Adam, uh, appreciate you giving us some time in the post game. Thank you for that. Uh, what's your what's your feeling leaving this game? You know, um, it's, it's, it really you could feel in that four quarters the team that made the least amount of mistakes winding down to it was gonna, you know, wind wind up getting the win. And um, you know, I feel like we didn't we didn't make a couple plays we needed to make, and we made maybe one more mistake than than than, than they did. And and uh, you know, that's really it. When you say we didn't make the plays we needed to make, do any do any of them stick out? You know, I I, I mean, I think. There, there, there's, a, there's a couple things we could do better for sure. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get yep. into it here, but yep. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, we, we could be better for sure. Yeah, feel free to say pass on anything like that. <laughs> no, I'm totally good with that. Um, Jake Dolagala, how was he? How was he compared to what you expected coming into the game? Well, um, you know, he didn't really take off, use his legs much. Uh, we know he could run. He, he stood in the pocket, and you know, he delivered some good balls. I mean. Um, you know, they took some shots early, which we expected. Um, but, you know, he, he didn't turn the ball over. I, I think um, we had a couple opportunities to get get our hands on the ball. We just didn't quite make the play. Um, you know, and, and th- those are the things that, you know, I look at it defensively that, you know, we got to be able to take the ball away and give our offense more opportunities and flip the field. And, you know, I mean, so, I mean, as I, as I do a quick assessment, you know, you look at the takeaway category, it's, you know, zero, and that's not good enough. Do you feel like when you play a quarterback like that who's only making his third start, is very inexperienced in Canadian football, do you feel like you guys should have been more aggressive getting after him in, in overtime? There wasn't a single blitz. You guys just had a four-man pressure uh, scheme in, in, in OT. And, and giving a quarterback like that that's inexperienced more time to process in the pocket, in your mind, is that a problem? Uh, no, I mean, you got to pick your battles, whether it's first down or second down. Um, you know, that the, the pass they completely get down to the one yard line. And correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe it was first down, you know. So, um, you got to pick your battles when you're going to open up your playbook and 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 gamble, you know. And so, um, we Wait. did a good job mixing up, um, pressure and 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 coverage all game long. And you know, um, you know, at the end of the game, like I said, you just got to. You got to look at the right opportunities at the right time, right? And I mean, if there's pressure on that play, would, would we have and had more success? Maybe, not not exactly sure. I mean, just because of the style of the play, right? Did you uh, did you happen to see the the 
uh, objectionable conduct play on Zach Claris down near the goal line where Pete Robertson headbutted him? You... No, no, I was looking at the throw. I didn't see it. Um, I didn't see a replay. I heard someone, you know, saying Zach got headbutted. I mean, I didn't. Uh, so I, I can't say anything because I didn't see it. Uh, I'm curious, uh, Adam, I've never asked you this. Uh, you guys win the coin toss in overtime and elect to go defense first. Do you like going defense first in that spot? Yeah, yeah, you want to you make sure that you always give your offense the, um, you know, the, uh, the ability to pick what they need to go and do. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it, it opens up their decision-making tree um, once they know what they got to do, right? So, um, yeah, you always want to go on defense first. And, and I'm curious, uh, the smoke here in Regina was pretty strong early in the day. Were there, were there any effects of it in the pregame or during the game at all? Did you feel it at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, my throat was super dry all game long. I mean, that was, you know, pretty rare for, for me feeling that. So, I mean, there was definitely some effects. Um, but, you know, I guess uh, we were within limits of safety. So, <coughs> but it was definitely, uh, yeah, definitely some smoke out there. Are you, are you feeling okay in that respect? Like, is is your throat okay? Like, anything to be concerned about? Uh, for you mean, feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't feel great, but at the end of the day, I mean, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, hopefully tomorrow I feel better, and the day after that will be good, and that's the way it goes. All right, Adam, thank you for your time, man. I appreciate you. Thanks. He is at middle linebacker Adam Big Hill. Nice enough to join us in the postgame show. Uh, a little bit dry, as, uh, as Big Hill says. That's It was suboptimal playing conditions and uh, zach said it affects both teams it absolutely does but it affected you know in this case 100 100 well 90 humans who are out there playing football and it's we'll have discussions at a different time about what are we making these guys play in because it was it was not great conditions in this game i'm still baffled fired up i'm sorry i just I want disbelief. I'm in shock about a lot of things. It's just a whirlwind of dramatic events at the uh, conclusion of that game. And I want to love the CFL so much, Doug. I love this. Like I spend. Oh, there's a lot of entertainment so... value in what happened tonight, and it's only going to build for the the Banjo Bowl. You know, depending on the outcome of uh, some decisions the league has to make. So, I just you know, it's so infuriating. G- though. Getting away from one situation, I feel like the Bombers gave Jake Dolagalit more respect than he had earned to this point. Oh, interesting. I feel like you need to, I mean, a, a new quarterback, third start. I don't care if he looks like, you know, he's reinvented as, as Aaron Rodgers. You got him. Is he burning you when you're when you're blitzing him, when you're selling out, when you're forcing him to make quick decisions? Is it costing you in this game? I just didn't see any disincentive to treat this guy like he was making his third start in the, and to play cautious and conservative defensive football around a guy that doesn't have the stripes or the pedigree yet. I don't know. I, I felt like it was unwarranted and unnecessary and potentially uh, contributed to the loss in this game. So what, I mean, you you have you have options and you can explain defensive football way better than i can but you could try to confuse him with coverages or you could try to confuse him by cut reducing his amount of time right you're not getting home once it's established in a game that your four-man rush is not consistently getting pressure on him or getting home 
then you just keep adding until you have someone in his face every snap and you make him make that throw to back you off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, sure, you know, Demario Houston trying to make a play on a ball undercut. That's not you getting beat on a blitz. That's some guys rolling the dice and gambling in your back end when they should let plays come to them as opposed to trying to force the issue. And uh, in a situation with, with Jake Delagala, I just don't feel like he earned the amount of respect that Richie Hall gave him later on in this game when they should have just been adding guys, adding guys, adding guys until, you know, he knew he was panicked and he had to get rid of the ball right away and he would make a critical mistake. Because Bomber, to your, I mean, Dad, to your point, Bomber defensive backs coming up are good tacklers. Yeah. Like Demario Houston, Evan Holm, Dietrich Nichols, Brandon Alexander. These guys are good tacklers. Cramdy missed, missed one or two today in various situations. But they're good tacklers. And, I mean, I, I can't imagine that they're still thinking about Demario Houston blowing one on Kyron Moore in, in Edmonton for a 70-yard touchdown. But, yeah, to your point of Richie Hall on any second and ten, here's here's seven. Try to guess how many are coming and which ones will come, right? And more often than not, they all should come, or at least six, you know, until he does something about it to back you off. I just haven't seen him do that. Well, so. and then to, to add to that, the danger is what if he hits us deep? He's overthrowing deep balls by ten yards in this game. Over, That's, you make a real good point. I, I don't know. I, I just didn't. I didn't get it. I'm like, why are we, why are we backing off this guy? In overtime, you're just rushing four, and they have not been getting home with any. Yeah, a couple times they got pressure with four man rush, not consistently, and and we're backing off them, and we're playing conservative ball, and we're not in his face, and we're not forcing him into making a bad decision. We're here. Take all the time you want and build some confidence. Like, no, you don't. You don't do that. I, I guarantee you, I, I think they're going to be, uh, it's going to be Blitzkrieg. I think they're going to be ultra aggressive against him in the Banjo Bowl, uh, especially if the four-man rush isn't able to get consistent pressure. I like the way you think. I like the way you think. I don't love the result today. Bombers falling 32-30 to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Man, there there was so much in this game. I'm curious to see what the folks on uh, on the text line have to say, uh, homers, quit crying. I'm not sure entirely what you expect from the Bombers broadcast, but it's probably going to be about the Bombers. Uh, Jimmy, appreciate you being with us. Absolutely the worst play, Ron says, I've ever seen by number 45. He's speaking to P. Robertson. The Bombers will not forget. Dom, our return and especially our coverage game is so bad. Instant field position for the opponents. The Bombers played a terrible game. This is Robert from the text line. Kalar subpar with another early interception. Defense mediocre at best. I am very disappointed. Punt and kickoff returns were not very good. It is a three-phase game, and yeah, the Bombers definitely got taken in that, that one phase, and it's not the first time this season. It is 9.49. We continue from Regina on the other side. Well, the sounds of the game, the drive of the game, the hardest hit of the game, and more. As we continue, we'll also set you up for the big one, the Banjo Bowl, coming up next Saturday back in Winnipeg. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. You can now get your local news from 680 CJOB instantly on Amazon Alexa. Just add CJOB to your flash briefings on any Alexa device and say, Alexa, play me the news. It's that easy. 
Sounds of the game, brought to you by PlayNow.com. He took a brutal shot from the safety and held on instant field position. 25, 15, 10, Dolphins, Stone is going to score! Bet on blue at PlayNow.com. Enjoy responsibly. For the big jobs, like cleaning mud off your loader or backhoe, you need a hot seat pressure washer. Oh, yeah, that's working perfectly. Hot Sea Central has been helping businesses across Manitoba lease or buy the heavy-duty industrial pressure washers they need to get the job done. With in-house and mobile service, a full line of detergents, and tons of accessories. Plus, no job is too big for their turnkey trailer units. Hot Sea Central on Spears Road. Online at hotseamanitoba.com. Residential? Commercial? 3PL Rollies. For over 60 years, the Rollies transfer team has been helping residents and businesses move in Winnipeg. Rollies is a true full-service company that does all the packing and transport so you don't have to. From point A to B, count on service that goes beyond your expectations. And worry-free white glove service for the kids' Xbox or family treasures like your grandfather clock. Leave it all to the pros. For a free no-obligation moving estimate, contact Rollies.com. It's in with the new at Factory Kitchens Direct, which means big savings for you. It's the end of the line for the Salem Maple Cappuccino stocking line. That's right, there's only 200 cabinets left before Factory Kitchens Direct bring in a new exciting line. That means you'll find prices slashed to 50% off the current in-store price list. Hurry in while quantities last and don't miss out on a great summer deal for a brand new Maple Kitchen. Open Monday to Friday, there's no appointment needed. Visit Factory Kitchens Direct, 289 King Street. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The postgame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. The Riders in their green shirts, white pants, moving left to right. Brent Lauder dribble kickoff, and he's going to recover it at the 41-yard line. Lauder had to wait to get that ball. Did he wait for it to get the full 10 yards? And it is Ryder football. Craig Dickinson, the Ryder's head coach, going to the trickery right off the bat. Pipkin, he'll go back under center again in sneak formation. Tried the right edge last time. Pipkin trying the right side and pushing and pushing. He's got a big body and he's in for the score. Antonio Pipkin, the one yard touchdown and the Riders now lead it nine to nothing. Five receivers set. Bailey and McRae will actually come back into the backfield. They'll fake it to McRae. Fake the flat pattern. Going to the end zone for Wolitarski. Diving catch for the touchdown. Drew Wolitarski got in behind Nick Marshall. And the Bombers are on the board. Four receivers to the left-hand side on this first 10 play. Here comes the blitz from the Riders. Bam in the backfield. The running back hit very quickly. Jackson Jeffco. Oh, boy. And I'm trying to see, it was in fact Jamal Morrow is going to lose a few yards and maybe teeth. Oh my. Second and goal from the Saskatchewan three-yard line. Dembski, the lone receiver, way out to the left-hand side. Oliveira, the tailback. Under center, hand it to Oliveira. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Virtually untouched, Brady Oliveira. And the Bombers are within three. First and ten from the Saskatchewan 31 go the Bombers. Kalaris gunning across the middle, open is shown at the 15, the 10 still going, trying to cut back. Larry Dean has him at the seven yard line. Dalton shown for the Blue Bombers first down. 
Four and a half to go. Kolaris play action. He wants it to the end zone. That one tipped at the line of scrimmage and incomplete. Oh! And then he's pushed down late by Micah Johnson. Dobson wants the call. Oliveira is mad at somebody. How is that not a penalty? It's a late hit on Zach Kolaris after the play's dead. He absolutely gets knocked down on the field by Robertson and nothing is called. Unless that was a phantom play, Zach Kolaris, I don't know how he ends up on the ground without contact unless he absolutely took a, took a dive. Here comes the late flag right now. There we a go. Play, we have a major foul. Unnecessary roughness. Saskatchewan number 45. We're going to go up half the distance. It's going to be first down for Winnipeg. Prukop under center from the two. He'll hand it off to Oliveira behind some blockers and pushing. And pushing for the touchdown. It. Brady's in for the touchdown. His second of the game. And the Bombers lead at 23 to 20. Brady Oliveira just would not be denied. Simple handoff. Inside zone play and just fights his way into the end zone. Seven line of scrimmage against second and five. Tipped over the line of scrimmage and incomplete. Kyrie Wilson off the edge, got his mitts on it, I believe, and it's third down, and Dickinson is going to settle for a chance to tie to the right-hand side. Dolagala fakes it to nobody. He wants the right-hand side. Dumps it across the middle. Ten, five, and down. Close to the end zone. They're going to mark him just shy. Jamal Morrow sneaking out of the backfield with a big gain, and it will be first and goal riders from inside. I guess they'll set it at the Bomber one-yard line. Tries the right-hand side, pushes, and as the cannon indicates, he's in for the touchdown. It's Saskatchewan 30, Winnipeg 24, and the riders will go for two. You are required to go for two in overtime. Gola looking left, gunning a little out. It's caught. Is it held on to? It is. It's Bain, and it's an eight-point rider lead. So the Bombers now need a touchdown and the two-point convert. Bombers first and 10 from the 35. Again, they need eight points. Three-man rush, Kolaris pumps. Kolaris throwing it up deep, open for the touchdown! Kenny Lawler got in behind Jeremy Clark. There's the touchdown. And now they need the two-point convert to tie and force a second overtime. Lawler, the wide receiver to the left. Oliveira to Kolaris' right. Straight drop. Blitz coming. Kolaris tips it up, and it's incomplete. Game over. And the game's over. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders victorious in overtime. 32-30 the final. The tip ball at the line of scrimmage. And that is the ball game, as they say. Those are the sounds of the game. A Braden Owasco production. Thank you for that. So many things in there. You're you're rewatching the the Pete Robertson hit, and I don't want to put you on the spot with what you were saying to me there in the break. But you're rewatching the Pete Robertson hit, and you show it to me again, and it's just, it's so bad. It's so very bad, and. Some textures are suggesting that the Bombers will will remember that next week should Robertson be in the game. They should remember that the next time Robertson ever plays in this uh, in this league again. It's like I say, it's one thing if it's in between the whistles and like 
it's one thing to have helmet to helmet contact if he had just released the ball. Cam Lawson's and penalty. And it was a late hit. Yeah. You know what? That's, hey, things happen in the heat of the moment. But when the play's over, to do that after the fact, it's so deliberate, so intentional. It's just, uh, it's a real, real bad, bad look. Debbie is on the text line, says, regarding the Kolaris hit. I've been watching the CFL for 25 years. I'm appalled with the inconsistencies with calling roughing the pastor. Testify, sister. Yes, some plays are close, but I've often heard from officials, commentators, that they need to protect the QB. I've also heard and agree that these players are professionals and have played long enough to know how to control their body to some degree to prevent serious injuries to the quarterback. Pete Robertson was in full control of everything in that moment. There was no way he was not in control of everything in that moment. Brian, they must win at the Banjo Bowl. Brian, I'm with you 100% because Saskatchewan is now 6-5 and five and feeling their oats. And Brian, and uh, this was not Brian. Forgive me, I lost the texture. who said every time they brought heat on Dolagala, he missed which would lead us to Doug's frustrations in this game. The, the drive of the game, brought to you by Chuds Chrysler and Power Sports. Take the relaxing drive out to Gimli to make your next automotive or Power Sports purchase. It will be a game changer. There were so many drives in this game, and the Bombers started deep in their on many of them. Their third quarter and into the fourth quarter was an incredible stretch for the offense. Seven plays, 58 yards, touchdown. Seven plays, 48 yards, field goal. Nine plays, 67 yards, touchdown. I, I could, you could give me any two of those touchdowns. There's also, it may have been a saving three-play, 100-yard drive on a drive they started from their own 10-yard line in the second quarter that got them their first points of the game. They'd been totally dry to that point. 100 yards, on um, that Nick Dembski catch... He sticks up the one hand because Kolaris is on a full sprint to his right under pressure. There's a man not far in front of Dembski that Kolaris has to get it over. So this ball's got to come in high if it's going to be fast enough. Dembski, boop, taps it down to himself, makes the catch and goes. And every week there's, there's a little more of me falling in love with Nick Dembski on the field. He is he's dynamic. He's explosive. He's a very talented football player, without question. That was an incredible catch, um, man. So you you could pick any one of those. Uh, I'm going to go uh, with the final one because that's the one that uh, gave the Bombers the lead in this game. And then ultimately, Saskatchewan makes come up. Any objections to uh, no. the go-ahead drive? The drive of the game brought to you by Chuds Chrysler and Power Sports. Take the relaxing drive out to Gimli to make your next automotive or Power Sports purchase. It will be a game changer. We'll also do the hardest hit of the game while we're here. There. There were a lot. Like, every week, the coaches and players say, it's going to be a hard-hitting game. This really was. There was a lot going on, and there, there was a lot of cheap stuff going on with, hey, the guy's down, I'm going to bend him backwards at the waist. Wait a minute, guys don't bend backwards at the waist. Ah, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to keep pushing until the whistle finally goes. Hardest hit of the game for Vernas Auto Body. For collision repairs, no one takes the ball and runs with it like Vernas Auto Body. Braden has our vote for hardest hit of the game right here. Four receivers to the left-hand side on this first 10 play. Here comes the blitz from the Riders. Bam! In the backfield. The running back hit very quickly. Jackson Jeffcoat. Oh, boy. And I'm trying to see. It was, in fact, Jamal Morrow is going to lose a few yards and maybe teeth. Oh, my. 
Jackson Jeffcoat just free off the backside of the play. He got to the ball this far after Morrow had it in his hands. Like Dola Gala hands, bam, done. Full speed, yeah, full speed, slanted in, clean into the backfield. So that's a lot of bad intentions arriving at, at the point of contact. Saskatchewan almost entirely unable to run the ball in this game. 11 running back carries for 43 yards. One of them, Morrow, scooted for 26. So apart from that, 10 other running back carries went for 17 yards. At least in that respect, yeah, you know what? Make make Dolagala beat us. How they went about making Dolagala beat them, as you've pointed out, we've talked about uh, enough that maybe could have gone a little better and, and put a little uh, pressure on uh, this one. Uh, Deb, that hit by Robertson and Kolaris was disgusting. Why does the CFL not protect our quarterbacks like the NFL? These That is a great question because in this season... BC lost its quarterback for a game. The Bombers lost their quarterback for a game. The, the, the pardon me, Riders have lost their quarterback for nine games, whatever it is. He's been out a long time. Edmonton's been healthy. Calgary's been healthy. Hamilton's on its third quarterback. Ottawa's on its fourth quarterback. Montreal lost their quarterback for two games. Toronto lost Kelly for a game. We, you have to be... In any football league, you have to be very serious about protecting the quarterback, even to the detriment of defense, which is another kind of frustrating, but I accept that one for they need quarterbacks in this one. Carry, let me start. I bleed green. So a Ryder fan, that Robertson hit is disgusting. If the league doesn't suspend him, the Ryder organization should. Makes me embarrassed to be a Ryder fan. Carry, we will let you have the last word on that. Jeff Coat had the hardest hit of the game, brought to you by Vernas Auto Body for collision repairs. No one takes the ball and runs with it like Vernas Auto Body. The crowd was loud. The smoke was thick. Craig Dickinson, opening kickoff. I wouldn't be surprised if that's Brett Lather audibling to, oh, this look is what I like. Dribble, dribble, dribble. They stole a possession. That's it. That's not a small deal. It's getting to the point where I, I think Mike O'Shea should take over special teams. You know, you know how a, a lot of times head coaches run one component of the football team, you know, offensively, defensively, or, or otherwise. And I don't know. From what I've seen from special teams this year, I, I think Mike O'Shea needs to uh, make his presence and his acumen known as a, as a special teams guru because his team needs it in a hurry. You want to undermine any uh, coordinator. I don't even know who's who the special teams coordinator for this football team. Do you uh, know? Neither Paul, one of us knows. Yeah, Paul Boudreau. Paul Boudreau. Okay. Well, and Paul, I'm sure O'Shea. Paul, Paul needs to take a back seat to Mike O'Shea right now because uh, special teams is uh, the Achilles heel of this football team right now. You are, you're correct. You, it's, has there been a game where we haven't been disappointed Maybe week two where Janarian returns the one here for one of the greatest returns of all time. Yeah. But there's... It's been a while. There's, there's a few other games to talk about uh, since then. Moving in, Jamal Parker was one of the options in returns. It got something off Greg McRae's plate. But Parker, though he caught the ball cleanly, he didn't have, no, anywhere, no to, didn't yeah. have anywhere to go or wasn't able to get there. Uh, wherever you, I mean, you were listening, you were watching, wherever you would put the blame. Parker did not change much, and that was the one change... They had to make. You could try home or Houston, but those guys play full-time defensive reps. Or you can, you know, grit your teeth and hold on till Janarian Grant is healthy again. 
But what if Jerry Grant isn't healthy for a while? Yeah. So what if Jerry Grant has a relapse? It's it's not good for the uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. This was a pretty good game ultimately, though a bad result. The Bombers falling thirty-two to thirty. And as we talked about in the pregame show, ultimately this is just the warm-up for the big game coming Saturday. Doug Brown throwing it out in the pregame show that we should consider this the we should the, the banjo bowl is the big one. So Labor Day Sunday is just the warm-up. We will talk about the banjo bowl on the other side, what we expect from the bombers. Take a couple more of your texts and then we'll get out of here. We're live from Mosaic Stadium in Regina. The Bombers falling 32-30 to the Riders. Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. It's appointment radio. That opportunity for Winnipeg football fans to huddle up with DT and the head coach, especially going into Labor Day Classic Week. What does Coach O'Shea think of Regina-style pizza? I was at Uncle Wayne's. Wayne was related to Chad Folk, our center in Toronto. We always stayed over. We would head to this pub after and get the 10-pound pizza. Oh boy. And maybe the odd beverage. This week, Mike O'Shea joins Derek Taylor in studio at 7 o'clock for a special Tuesday night edition of the Bomber Coaches Show on CJOB. Feel Good Day is back at Co-op. Stop by your local Co-op gas bar on September 19th, and for every liter of fuel sold, Co-op will make a donation to a local group in your community. It's the Co-op way, fueling communities across Western Canada for generations. So fill up your tank on September 19th and fuel good knowing co-op is giving back to your community. Visit your local co-op gas bar for more details about this year's Fuel Good Day. Are you noticing that it's getting harder and harder to pay down your debt? And even though you've taken steps to reduce your spending or work more hours, it still doesn't make a difference. Not every debt problem can be solved on your own. Sometimes all you need is a little bit of guidance. I'm Vicki Dole, a licensed insolvency trustee at BDO right here in Winnipeg. Whatever your financial situation, we can offer practical solutions for you and your family. Call 1-833-BDO-TALK or visit bdodebt.ca to book a free consultation. Reach your career goals at RRC Polytech. Apply now for August and September entry to the 20-week healthcare aid certificate program. Gain the skills and expertise to join the front lines of Manitoba's healthcare system where you can keep your community safe. Training is available close to home in Portage, Selkirk, Steinbeck, Winkler, and Winnipeg. To get started, visit rrc.ca slash hca. RRC Polytech, in front of what's ahead. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The postgame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. 10.09 p.m. Final moments for us from Mosaic Stadium in Regina. Uh, Derek is on the text line. We've seen the Robertson headbutt happen in this league. Most time it's a DB with a receiver after the play. Two guys typically the same size. This is a D lineman on a quarterback, minimum 50 pounds in weight and size, anything less than a Marino-like suspension would be a freaking joke. We will definitely be watching. The CFL tends to release its discipline reports on Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we will be watching. We were watching on the Coney Ely hit in the game in Edmonton. And that week there was, I didn't see any discipline reports, so Ely was not disciplined. Kalara said with us, he'll get a $100 fine. I, he's not. Zach was mad. Oh yeah, he was furious. Uh, I couldn't figure out 
initially I was like, wow, he's taking this loss rather hard. But then we got to the root of it when we brought up Pete Robertson. And uh, then it was like, ah, here we, this is why, right? This is, he was hot. And, uh, you know, Zach, he, he's a, a prideful guy and uh, very competitive. And, and when, he, uh, when he loses, you expect him to be uh, intense and angry about it. But this was the next level. And it wasn't until we, ah, here we go. It was his reaction to, uh, to what happened to him late in the game. Yeah, I- I- even in losses where he hasn't played well, he's more, he he's says, more measured. Yeah, and he's, yeah. he says more words than that, and he's, he's willing to expand on stuff and break it down. But this one was very terse and furious. And he's got, I imagine if he sat down and said, just write out all the reasons of <sighs> all the things that have happened to quarterbacks across the league. Because for Zach, it's not only the ones about himself. Yeah. When it was Jeremiah Masoli, he was furious. Yeah. He's like, I love that guy. I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. How do you let this go away? I thought we were protecting quarterbacks. Yeah, as Derek says, anything less than a Marina-like suspension would be a freaking joke. We, well, and we will be watching. And you a guy that, you know, at one point was a concussion away from not playing football anymore, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, that's brutal. Long after the play is over. This is the thing I never got is you're in the CFL. Everybody's tough. You don't have to do extra stuff to prove how tough you are. And I never, I never, there's a, there's a mindset I don't get. And that one, I think maybe some of the like bomber players don't get why. Cause they're, they're not headbutting dudes after the game. There are a lot of teams. Players are not headbutting dudes after the play. Nobody does that. Yeah. Saskatchewan it's next level. Saskatchewan finds them. Unfortunately, uh, Saskatchewan. It'd be nice to see the the ball club itself take steps to address that without waiting for the league. But that would probably be a little too much, I would imagine. We'll see. They were essentially they were essentially forced to release Garrett Marino. Yeah. After yeah. multiple incidents, yeah, they, they were going to do anything about it. No, yeah. they held on to him despite the massive suspension for taking out Jeremiah Masoli. It's. It's it's not it's just not good for anybody. And yes, we protect quarterbacks maybe too much, but there's a real reason we do that. Because uh, we don't want the battle of third string quarterbacks on Sunday nights in Saskatchewan for the for the Labor Day game and Saturday nights in Winnipeg for the uh, the big one, the Banjo Bowl. Saturday we are back. Doug Brown and I will be there. We need some changes. Give me the one thing, just as we go, Doug, the one thing you want to see most different is inelegant, but most different next week. I just want to see them sell out to have pressure in the face of Jake Dolagala. I want to see them only back off if they get scorched earth by him because I don't think he's capable consistently making your defense pay for for over committing to being aggressive and getting in his face and forcing the ball out of his hand i i don't think he's going to uh consistently uh, take you to task down the field if you over commit to pressuring him and hurrying him and 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 roughing him in that pocket making him very uncomfortable i'd like to see that mentality change instead of backing off of a guy making his what will be his fourth start on saturday Bombers are back to practice on Wednesday. We will have all the latest updates. You can follow me on Twitter at DT on OB. The coaches show on Tuesday. 
with Mike O'Shea when we'll dig into all your questions. Christian Amell and the Sports Show, all our sports updates. We'll get you all the information. Will Pete Robertson be suspended? It's the thing we're watching for as the week goes along leading up to Saturday, 3 p.m. start. The Banjo Bowl, the Bombers and Riders go at it once again for Doug Brown, for Ed Tate and Ted Wyman and Braden Wasco and Skylar Peters and Marissa Turton and all the gang who help us bring together this broadcast. Thank you so much for being with us. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The W, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and 680 CJOB.